The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And this podcast episode continues on our AI education series, where we bring in some of our best practices, education, and insight from our online courses that we've been doing now for a while. That actually goes all the way back to uh, 2018 when we were delivering courses in person, back when people did that sort of thing. But now, of course, everybody's kind of getting back in person. So we're still delivering a lot of our education online. And the reason uh, we do a lot of this online education is because we have a worldwide audience. I mean, we have folks who are listening to our to our podcasts for sure, but also participate in our courses from literally every continent, uh, maybe even Antarctica. I'll have to go take a look at our notes on that one. <laughs> um, and uh, our education is really focused on, on AI and machine learning and cognitive technology best practices. And what we're going to do on this particular podcast is share some of the insights and so share some of the actual education from our course. We we'll take a little snippet from that course and bring it in here and share what we uh, share with our with our folks who go through the courses and even get certifications and things like that. So a little benefit for our AI Today podcast listeners. Exactly. Because we understand that you're listening to podcasts to learn something. So hopefully you will get a little snippet of knowledge today from our data preparation course. And we'll be sharing some information from that today. You know, as we mentioned, we do offer a wide variety of different courses. So today will just be a snippet on our data prep course, but we do encourage you to check out the other courses and educational offerings as well in case you're interested in learning more. We offer a lot of role-specific education, so it's really tailored, you know, at that executive level education where if you're working already and you're trying to gain further knowledge, then this really is a great course for you. So we go into a lot of detail, you know, breaking down artificial intelligence in related areas. And we do that in our podcasts as well. We've had a lot of great guests on here talking about how they're actually implementing AI today in the real world. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time in the podcast going over one of those clips um, on data preparation from our education. Yeah. So uh, as mentioned, you know, uh, we have dozens of courses and one of our course learning paths, we have also these learning paths where uh, if you're trying to achieve a particular outcome with your education um, and, you know, you see all these courses, you don't know what to take, but like, okay, well, you should take these courses in this order. One of those paths is our CPMAI certification which is a methodology, CPMAI methodology for doing AI machine learning projects based on literally decades of experience of doing this. You might think, well, wait a second, decades, AI, like, well, first of all, AI goes back to the 1950s, so let's not talk decades here. But it's <laughs> the methodology is based on CRISPDM, which has been around literally since 1999 and 2000, uh, focused on data mining and, and has evolved in the form of CPMAI for AI machine learning projects. And as part of that methodology, one of the phases is data preparation. and this clip shares some of the insights from the data preparation course, uh, specifically about the importance of the quality of data, which you may have guessed is really important, but you don't understand how how critical that is to AI systems. They literally cannot function without good quality data. And the next question, which is just how much data do you need to uh, build an AI system, make it make it usable? 
And and then also, what does that data look like? It kind of what does the structure of that data look like, or the lack of structure of that data? So uh, as mentioned in this this uh, clip coming up here, uh, we share about twelve and a half minutes or so of that education from our longer course on data preparation. So hope you enjoy. So the core idea here with data preparation is that just like all machine-based systems, especially machine-based systems that have to learn from data, garbage in is garbage out. It's got its own little acronym, G-I-G-O, GIGO, if you ever hear that. <laughs> just a nice way of saying that you can't really create models that learn from experience in any sort of machine learning approach that we've covered in our foundations of AI and the applications and all the other courses if you don't have good data to train it on. And um, you, need you need good data in sort of two places. You need good data when you train the models because the model is going to use that data to create some representation of that learning in the machine learning model that will then use to pass, you know, unknown data to, to make some predictions or classifications, whatever the machine learning model needs to do. But also we need good data, even if we build a great model, let's say we're using somebody else's model that's been trained on fantastic data, we built our own models, been, been you know, trained on some amazing data with great characteristics, you know, tons of data. Well, we can't throw garbage data into that either. So it's not that we just need good data for training, we need good data across the board. And so we need to think about, these, these pipelines of bringing in and constantly cleansing and preparing data at both during the training phase and the inference phase. So in general, a good, uh, good data felt in, fed into a model that is built on trash, <laughs> garbage will result in garbage results, but also bad data felt into, fed into a model built with good data will also result in bad results. So we need to pay attention not just to building good models with data science, but we also need to pay attention to data engineering, which is the practice and tools and process of moving data around and doing all the things we need to do with data, data manipulation, cleansing, and enhancement that we have to do. So we can't build this DIKUW pyramid, which you're hopefully familiar with now after going through our training, the data, information, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom is that pyramid. You can't, the whole thing is built on a foundation of data. And so you can't build that foundation on trash. So we talk about data engineering. You may not be familiar with data engineering. And that's data engineering are, is an activity, a role, and a set of practices and processes and tools that comprises all the engineering and operational tasks that we need to do to make data available for analytics. So it's not necessarily just for AI machine learning, you can have used data engineering for traditional analytics or other other projects, you know, that where we need to gather data. But the idea is that we are bringing data in from its various sources, and we're passing this data through a variety of steps where we can collect the data, merge the data between multiple sources, clean up the data in terms of removing duplicates and and providing accurate results and you know normalizing the data and doing all the things we need to do to get into sort of standard format then we can transform it you know we could sort of reformat data standardize the data you know transform and multiply various parts of it to to increase our coverage um, we can also make sure that we are using the proper data you know we have to we can investigate the the data for various forms of bias you know different measures to make sure that the that the data is correctly matching the actual reality. 
uh, that will be used and all sorts of stuff around data governance. And of course, we can also take a look at making sure that we are building data pipelines for performance optimization, that we can gather data in real time if we need to do that, or in batch if we need to do that, and that we can perform these operations as quickly as required. You know, if you have a system that really is requiring a machine learning operation, um, you know, a machine learning model to operate in, you know, milliseconds, and to do that, you require good data, then you have to be able to create a data engineering pipeline that can operate in real time at that speed and with the expected results. And that's, that's a challenge, right? We need to put these all together in actual production systems and at the scale that we need. And we can't have failure because if the machine learning model is working, but the data engineering pipeline is not, it's going to fail just as much as if the data engineering pipeline was fine, but the machine learning model had problems. So we could think of sort of this data engineering step here is in the middle between sort of the data sources, kind of where the data is being generated and created and stored, and sort of the end users who are going to use that data for a wide variety of purposes. You know, you can do machine learning and and uh, other operations such as visualization and exploration and just straightforward mining and things like that. I think what may or may not be a surprise to you is that the vast majority of the time you're going to spend on your AI machine learning projects are data engineering tasks, those tasks in red. And that's the, you know, finding the data, aggregating and collecting that data, you know, cleaning that data and enhancing that data, especially if you're going to do supervised learning. We'll talk about this. You need to do some data labeling you need to apply some information to give the machine the knowledge it needs to learn from that. And we also are probably going to be augmenting the data, you know, taking the data and doing a variety of things to add some additional information to it to make it more valuable for the machine learning model or other activities. And the rest of that, the time in blue, you know, that's the time we're spending on like selecting the algorithm, training the model, tuning the model and, you know, operationalizing it. So this is kind of where much of the time is spent. And, you know, part of the reason for that is that obviously data is the heart of AI. We can't really do any, any sort of learning or any sort of cognitive task at all without it depending entirely on data. The application code is really very simple. Simple. And a lot of application code is really very similar. You can have 24 different chatbots all using the same you know, core application code, but the data makes them all operate completely differently. And, you know, similarly, you could have, you know, deep learning algorithms, convolutional neural nets that are all using standardized, you know, technology using open source frameworks and whatnot. And they can all be doing completely different things. Some can be doing image recognition. Others can be doing text recognition. Some can be doing generation of text or images or whatever, classifying documents. So the, the code really doesn't do anything specific. The, the data is responsible for pretty much all the real functionality of machine learning systems. And so to do that, we obviously need to have data we can depend on that if we're going to be using these systems to make these determinations. So how much data do we need? Well, there's no really good answer to that. You know, some models might require a lot of data because we're using algorithms that require a lot of data there. We've set them up to be in a complicated way and we want to achieve certain levels of accuracy. And the more complicated the model needs to be, perhaps a deep layer, deep learning network with many layers, you know, the more things we want it to do, maybe multi-class classification, the more accurate we want it to be, you know, let's say we want 90 some percent level of accuracy, it's going to require a lot of training data to get it to get you there. You can't do it with just a small amount of data and, and you know, get a complex, you know, machine learning system with the high levels of accuracy. So 
you know, as data engineers, you know, we would need to basically collect as much information as possible, as much data as possible from a variety of sources to pull that together to, to provide sort of the raw material for doing that data science work. So you need to identify all, all the data that we need for training, all the dimensions of that data, you know, multiple columns, what features need to be in that. We may or may not have those features in the data, in which case we may have to do something to enhance or augment that data with those additional things, you know. Um, we may need some additional sources of data to enhance it. And also we need some way to collect it all together and put it into a format that is basically ready for training. So obviously more is better if you have more can't be worse. <laughs> so more is better. And, you know, generally what we found and what others have found in machine learning projects is that 30% of the data that you provide to data scientists will be used for the machine learning model, will be relevant or usable. And 70% will probably not be relevant or usable, missing information, duplicative, you know, there's all sorts of, of reasons why, right? So, if you factor that in, and if you have more, hey, you know, one's going to say, oh, I got too much data. No, that, that, that's not a bad problem. But knowing what to do with the data, of course, is really important. So you may be familiar with the concept of, well, what does this data look like? You know, unstructured, structured, or semi-structured. And these describe aspects of the data that make that data more easily or less easily able to be manipulated or queried. Structured data is the data that we are familiar with in databases and other places where there's a well-defined schema for the information. And that schema makes it simpler to do things like querying. So let's say I have a relational database of customer information, and one of those fields is the first name field, and it's a text field, right? So that's the structure and some of the schema for that particular uh, piece of information. Well, if I wanted to search all of my customer records for a first name where that first name is Jack, for example, that's a pretty straightforward thing. I can just go ahead and use a, a structured query language called like SQL, which is structured query language. And I can basically query that database and I can find all those records. It'll come back in a reasonable amount of time. Now, of course, if I have lots of databases distributed all over the world and I have all sorts of, you know, uh, different challenges and access to that to that data, then yeah, it's not as simple as just querying one database. But theoretically, if it's structured, I can do that sort of query. And the great thing about that is that, you know, uh, it simplifies that. Now, the flip side of that is unstructured data. And unstructured data really has no schema. And it's just data that's basically primarily being stored and there's, it's very difficult to query. So this sort of unstructured data would, of course, include data, uh, documents, emails, files, video, images, um, voice, you know, all sorts of stuff. And the thing about that is that it's clearly data. <laughs> We've stored it. It's in digital format, but it's very hard to query. I can't query a bunch of documents and say, give me all the documents where the first name is Jack you know, or email, send me all these emails as text files, you know, it's, you can probably do like full text searching and text searching, but that's extremely um, expensive in terms of computing time and almost impossible if you have petabytes or zettabytes of distributed data, you know, imagine all those Facebook posts or Amazon reviews <laughs> or, you know, anything from any sort of large data source, you know, you can't just do a simple SQL query and get all that, right? And that's the challenge of unstructured data is that we have lots of it 
It's growing very fast at a very fast rate. And much of it is really very much unqueryable using standard query techniques. And of course, this is the magic of machine learning is that we can actually extract value from this unstructured data by giving us the ability to find things like patterns and do natural language processing and all, all those sorts of things where I can find things like the name Jack in there. So now the halfway point, the midpoint, the uh, somewhere between <laughs> unstructured and structured data is the idea of semi-structured data where there is some schema, but there's a lot of variability. So you can think of XML files or JSON files or transaction documents. You can even think of like documents like invoices where it has like sort of a general format, but the variability between one company or one, one organization's invoice and another is actually fairly significant. And we do have the same sort of challenges as we would with unstructured data, but maybe we have some of the same benefits of structured data from, from querying. So this is sort of the, the universe of data that we have to deal with as data engineers, trying to wrestle this data and prepare this data so that it can be used for these analytics projects of which machine learning projects are one type. So uh, we hope you got something out of that. Uh, maybe it told you something you already knew about garbage in is garbage out. Obviously, it's a very common saying, but but the critical importance of that, you know, we talk about how when you're building this pyramid of, of increasing value from data, from data information to knowledge, to understanding, to wisdom, it becomes increasingly more important. You know, this is sort of the game of telephone, right? You know, if, if the message starts garbled in the beginning, you have no idea what you're going to end up with when you get to the end. <laughs> so, very important. We talk a little about the structure of data. So, so there's a lot more to it. Uh, and, you know, as part of our courses at courses.cognolitica.com, there's a whole bunch of stuff around data. There's the big data, uh, big data uh, training, actually, a lot of the stuff, data management. Uh, different aspects of data, data engineering and building data pipe engineering pipelines and things like that. And it's really very interesting. I have to say, you know, uh, as we've been like interviewing folks, not only for the AI Today podcast, but by the way, we do run these communities. Um, the podcast is a great opportunity, but if you want to actually ask questions, this is something we don't really spend enough time talking about actually on our podcast. If you want to ask questions of our guests, you can do that at our AI communities. So we have a couple of communities. We have our AI and government community where we bring folks from the public sector. They only, they, the sessions are usually an hour and a half long. They are entirely online, but the content is only half of that time. People ask a, a, a zillion questions. We, we very rarely can get through all the questions, right? And then we have another community that's just focused on the data side. Cause I, I mentioned that because that's what this podcast is about. And we just, you know, for example, we had a, a very recent uh, uh, presentation there because it's also visual. You can actually see something. And they talk about the importance of data engineering. And people are like, oh, we need to hire data scientists. And he's like, data scientists? I need data engineers. Um, because I think they realize it's like, doesn't matter how great your data scientist is, if the underlying data is poor quality or not available, that data scientist is a very expensive person who can't get anything done. So I just want to point that out. So anyway, uh, on the courses side, go to courses.cognolitica.com. On the events side, the, the communities, go to events.cognolitica, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. Right. And, you know, we do know that uh, podcast listeners have attended those events. So thank you. And please continue to come. We always love to hear from you, uh, whether you reach out to us directly or you attend any of our events. So do keep coming and paying attention. But we do hope that you enjoyed, you know, this small clip from our data preparation course. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.
As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to both our education and our AI communities as well, because we'd love you to be a part of all of it. So thanks for listening. And, and we'll catch that's you a wrap for today. Podcast. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.